Good morning. It's 9.30 on Wednesday, the 8th of April, 2020. My goodness, it's Reptilian Wednesday. Yo, yo, what up? This is Lunch Money Lewis. Hey, I'm John Newman. Hey, what's up? This is Fergie Ferg. Woo! Keep this frequency clear. A children's radio blogging show broadcast into homes and schools across the world. Join Pi Corbett, Russell Prue, Ian Rocky and David Mitchell live each weekday at 9.30am. Online radio live blogging. This is radioblogging.net. And a very good morning to you. Hello, what another lovely, gorgeous day it is across most of the UK uh, today with temperatures around 12 degrees Celsius. My goodness, it's going to be a lovely day. And we're starting off with an amazing live radio show from you. It's just gone 9.30. This is Russell Prue here with the gang, Pie Corbett, the fabulous Deputy Mitchell, Ian Rocky to keep us in order. And today is Reptilian Wednesday. We have snakes. We have crocodiles we have music we have just the most fabulous show we'd love to hear from you today email is up and running just drop us an email radioblogging at gmail.com you can of course message us via our messaging service on the website you should be there you need to be at radioblogging.net it's all happening there and in a moment we'll ask you to click on today's show at the top there but first thing is first we need to find out what's happening in the Corbett house Household. Good morning, Pi. Good morning, sir. Well, uh, I was not up as early as usual because last night, a little bit of fun with the mouse in the house. Now, as you know, um, we have had this little mouse problem and um, the porridge got, uh, well, got defiled. So that all went. I'm on Alpen at the moment because we've said to ourselves, we can't go out to the supermarket to do the shopping um, at the moment. We're only going once a fortnight. We're waiting till stocks are low and then going out. So, um, but yesterday you said that the mouse was called a grouse, grouse, didn't you? I went for that name. It was the first thing that rhymed with mouse. I'm sorry. Yes. Well, I misheard. It's not called grouse. It's Gerald. So (laughs) Gerald the mouse. Yep. Gerald the mouse. Gerald the Mouse put in yet another performance um, yesterday evening. And what he does is he trots from the kitchen, pauses at the sitting room door to watch us looking at TV, um, takes a good look at us, and then he trots off into the back room where where the boiler is. And I think he's probably got a little place there where he's hiding up and keeping warm. I think that he's actually a field mouse who has wandered in when the... Because we often keep the front door open and uh when it's sunny weather and i think he's just wandered in uh, and found that the lodgings are actually quite good so i've got a plan for tonight so tonight when gerald is looking at us in the sitting room right beside the door i've got a chest of drawers on top of that i'm going to place the hat i'll attach the hat to a piece of string when gerald appears i tug the string hat falls on top of mouse and he's in there And then I can slide, um, say, a newspaper or something underneath. I've got him in the hat and I'll run down to the bottom of the garden and release him back into the wild where his family and friends will be be wondering why Gerald has suddenly grown twice the size through eating our camembert and goodness knows what else. So that's the update. The porridge, yes. Yes, The porridge porridge. and the porridge. Good. How's the aunt pie? We need to know about the aunt as well. Uh, The aunt aunt is fine. 
as you know, we like to keep in touch with the aunt and check that she's okay. The dogs are good, and uh, and so too is the white cat. So on that front, everything is going well. But I just wanted to return to Gerald the mouse because it is slightly dangerous when you name things like that. Suddenly, it's no longer oh, we've got a pesky mouse in the house. Now it's Gerald. And it gives Gerald has a bit of a personality, as you can tell. He waddles around. Um, he's thoroughly enjoying his visit with us. He's taken up residency. I should be charging him rent, I think. And um, it reminded me that I have a pair of trousers called Frank. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why they're called Frank, but I have a pair of trousers because it just amuses me. It amuses me when I get up in the morning and I say, has anybody seen Frank? And my wife will say he's in the cupboard, I think. So we, we talk about uh, about Frank and that the idea of naming things and giving them personalities is quite common with cars. I once had a car called Goat's Milk. I don't know why it was called Goat's Milk. <laughs> I think my mother used to keep goats and I think it was because um, she used to sell the goat's milk. And I think it's because very often the back of the car would be laden with great plastic tubs of goat's milk. But the car was called Goatsman, and it began to get a personality. I've also got a suitcase called Connie. Connie was, when I was a head teacher, she was my secretary. And when I left the school, she gave me this rather wonderful leathery suitcase. It's a sort of orangey color. And so I, I called it Connie, Connie the suitcase. Connie's in the attic at the moment. Poor soul will be there for quite a long time, I suspect. <laughs> <laughs> so naming things, and I think it gives... It gives inanimate objects personality. I love that idea that you can name things. Why not? Why shouldn't I have a suitcase called Connie? It makes life a little bit more interesting. So that's the major update. Uh, the plan for the mouse tomorrow, I will be reporting back on Gerald and whether or not we've managed to release him safely into the wild. Ian, do you have a <laughs> pair of trousers <laughs> Frank? <laughs> I, I don't. I, I was just thinking, I'm sat here, there's an entire show around this. Pi, you know, na naming things, there's an entire show. I've been sat here enthralled. I've just been entertained for the past six minutes. I think it's fabulous. Well, yes, you see, you could, yes, you could spend time thinking of good names for inanimate objects. Absolutely. It makes them friendly. And there are objects that are very, very special. I know, for instance, in school, very often children love to have those pencil cases, don't they? And they have all sorts of pencils uh, in there of different colours. And you, you end up, if you're a writer, one of the things that you like having is notebooks, the magpie books. And I like to buy ones with yellow paper in them. I don't know why. It just makes it special. And I have certain pens that I always write well with. Mm. It, I'm sure it's not true, if you see what I mean. But I... I like to have equipment. And then, of course, you could name it. So I can, have a, um, I can have a pencil called Jasmine, if I so desire. Has anyone seen Jasmine this morning? Jasmine's writing really well this morning. So naming inanimate objects. There's a game in there. Shall we play a few games, Ian? Yes. Creative play. games. Play and try with Ian and Pi. Okay, so today is Reptilian Wednesday. And do you know what a reptile is, Ian? Do you know anything about reptiles? What are they? Well, I mean, I know a little bit about reptiles. I know exam good examples of reptiles. We've got crocodiles, dinosaurs. We've got lizards and snakes and turtles. Mm. Yes, 
I, I, reptiles fascinate me. They, they slightly scare me, but they also fascinate me. So they're not amphibians. They're not sort of water bound. Generally four legs, fairly leathery, dry skin. Uh, and one of the fascinating things, and people will know this about turtles, is that they lay fairly soft eggs, don't they, the turtles, and they bury them. But crocodiles do exactly the same thing. So reptiles lay eggs, uh, which is an interesting thought, because most people think, well, chickens lay eggs, uh, birds lay eggs, but reptiles do as well. Let's play the alphabetical adverb, adverb game. So in this one, you start with an adverb, and then you choose out a reptile, uh, and create a sentence. So those of you who've not joined us before, we always play, Ian and I always play three games, and then we have a pause, a musical break, we have some shout-outs uh, and other bits of fun, while you at home or in school play the game. So the first game is the um, the adverb game, and we're going to do it alphabetically. Okay. Uh, so um, I'll start. Amazingly, the crocodile flew. Uh, boldly, the dinosaur advanced. Okay, we're on C. Um, cruelly, the alligator opened its jaws. Uh, deftly, the crocodile swam. The E. Elegantly, the snake slithered towards its prey. Ferociously, the lizard attacked. G. You see, as soon as I get to G, all I can think of is Gerald the mouse. <laughs> So we'll, we'll stop on the G, I think. Um, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. So <clears throat> we're now on to alliterative sentences about uh, reptiles. Always good fun to do alliterative sentences. Uh, it's playful, but remember when you're doing it in your writing, a touch of alliteration may well work. What happens when we're writing? If we alliterate, because you're making a sound effect, it draws the reader's ear. It draws their attention. It's why they often use it in adverbs, you know, buy British beef. They often use rhyme in adverts because it makes it memorable. They often use alliteration in adverts because it makes it memorable. So if you want a phrase to be memorable, then a touch of alliteration uh, may work, but don't overdo it. Um, in this game, we are going to overdo it. So an alliterative sentence about a reptile, I'll start off. See how many, how much alliteration. Alliteration, remember, is not letter, it's sound. It's repeating sounds. So the kind, curious, crafty chameleon crept cautiously and carefully towards the cold canal. Boom, boom. I think that was 10. Wow. I'm not, I, let me try it. Disgusting dinosaurs dance divinely, demonstrating deafness. Can't go any further. <laughs> you like that word deft, don't you? You've I used do. That I did use that just deft. now. Yeah. 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 It's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? If you're doing something deftly, what does that mean? You're sort of really good at it. You're really skilled yeah. at doing skilled it. Something it. like yes. that. Yeah. yeah nice yeah. word. It's, it's not one I use often i'm going to add that to my repertoire okay so literative sentences about reptiles the lazy languid lizard lay laughing luxuriously by the long lane that sort of thing nice game to play now we're going to do the very very old game some of these games like this one stretch back hundreds of years uh, this is another alphabet game 
A was an alligator, I go. Then you go B bit it, C caught it, D danced it, and we try and get through the alphabet. So really going to go for it this morning. So here we go. A was an alligator. Uh, B bit it. C caught it. D danced with it. E exhumed it. F followed it. G garnished it. H heckled it. I ignored it. J jousted with it. K killed it. L loved it. M moved it. N nagged it. O. Ah, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Ian, you got that one. Uh, well Ian, done. Yeah, Ian's doing well this morning. So what we do, folks, is we now have a pause. You play the games yourselves. And um, if you want to, you can write uh, them down and turn them into nice little bit, bits of playful writing. Or you just do them orally. And while we're doing that, Russell, we have some shout outs, I believe. We have usually we have some music at this point. Yes, we can do that as well. And I've got uh, some great music coming up in just a second. Ian, I'm over to you in just a moment. I want to say good morning to uh, West Newcastle Academy. Jen, thank you very much. New listeners there as well. Uh, to uh, Wen, uh, Weng Wei Chan. I hope I got your name right. Good morning to you as well. To Upton Seven Primary School. Good morning to you as well. Uh, lovely to have you there. Selling Court Primary School to everyone there. Uh, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Great to have you company. Tracy Lane. Hello. Thank you very much what a great name on your twitter handle there as well thank you very much coral rumble i know you're listening bless you um brilliant brilliant poet and author and she's been a guest on the show and hope we will have her again absolutely love it a fabulous rachel or what do you like thank you very much we'll be playing a piece of rachel's audio into the show uh later on and maria Richards, good morning to you as well thank you so much indeed gerald a lovely every people are really getting behind that as well and of course today the hashtag Britain get talking is trending that's hashtag Britain get talking this is about compensating for the risk of mental health issues through isolation and this kind of discourse this kind of conversation this kind of exchanging is just a perfect solution for that an opportunity to get yourself heard on the radio and shout outs from you as well Ian just before the music track what have you got for me Thank you, Russell. The time coming up to exactly 15 minutes to 10 this morning on Wednesday, the 8th of April. Mrs. Murrin, good morning. Morning to all those joining from Stone and those few at Tutsil and St. Bravels. There you are. Good shout out for you. Thank you, Robin. Ready to write on Reptile Wednesday. Nice bit of alliteration there, Robin. Thank you. Jen, welcoming West Newcastle Academy and wishing Xander a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Xander, from all of us here. Miss Little. Morning all, especially Stonewood Woodford pupils and staff. Looking forward to reading your creations again. Sebastian, hi to all my Stonewood Woodford friends. My bearded dragon is excited for Reptilian Wednesday. Wow, talk about the right thing at the right time. Uh, Mrs. McCalmont is ready for another exciting session with Pi. Let's get creating Stonewood Woodford. Jake and Robin, good morning. Love the show. Haven't missed one yet. Well, bless you. Thank you so much. And we've also got some comments, people using comments, going to be talking about comments later with David and Comment Corner. Um, but we've got Josie. Um, good morning to you. Um, we've got uh, Nashika as well, who's waiting to get on with other things until after 10.30, when we're, of course, finished. Isla, good morning. Excited for today. I love reptiles, so do I. Really, really good fun. Uh, Bethany, who's nine, 
our rabbit, uh, rabbits, say that again, our rabbits, Maggie and Harley are listening in too. They are thoroughly enjoying it. My Teddy is called Teddy. Aisha, hello, Pie Corbett, Deputy Mitchell, Ian Rocky and Russell Prue. Loving the show. Been listening from day one. I told all my teacher friends from school about the show. Love from Istanbul. Aisha, good morning. International Radio Blogging.net. Miss Mallon, really like this idea. Uh, commenting on somebody's post. Good morning, Miss Mallon. Shreesha, hello. I'm excited for Reptile Wednesday. Also, Teddy is there from Upton St. Leonard School in Gloucester, 11th day listening. Lewis says, is Gerald the mouse a naughty mouse? Lewis from Stone School. Well, you know, tendencies. I'll, I'll let Pi take more on that a little bit later because, you know, he's the one that's, that's having the developing the relationship. Toby and Mummy. Massive shout out to Toby for Reptilian Wednesday. He loves all things reptiles. Add in the excitement of Podkin Thursday for Mummy this week. And we are all beyond excited. Do you know what? We've been beyond excited since day one. We are having the best time of our lives. Sam and Rosie, morning. Well, we're looking forward to Reptilian Wednesday. Hope the mouse is out of the way before the snake arrives. Hello to everyone at Stonewood Woodford Primary from Sam and Rosie. Bethany's excited. Also, we've had uh, an email come through this morning from uh, David, who says, hello, can I have a shout out, please, to all my friends and teachers at Stonewood Woodford Primary School from Seth. And we've also had a message come through this morning from Alison Little. Shout out to Anira and Ellen Rowan, Erin and Sarah, Ali, Josie and George. Love the fact that you are joining in and love your creations. Absolutely. Particularly as we are officially into the Easter holidays, of course. So if you are joining us this morning, you are most welcome. Thank you very much indeed. Coming up to 12 minutes to 10. Russell, back to you. Thank you. And Gerald's been in touch. He's asked for this this morning. I love this station. Absolutely love the station. Oh, yeah. You guys are the best, best, best. It is the best station. <laughs> this is radioblogging.net, online radio live blogging. I love that. That had me absolutely, I, I was punching the air as that was going along. Great, great stuff. Now, oh, oh, oh on Twitter, Brian Moses has um, posted, he says, he used to park goat's milk outside my house where it frequently lay dormant for days because it wouldn't start. And that's true. And it reminded me that he once left a note on the windscreen proclaiming that, that goat's milk had been designated a site, a site of archaeological interest, which I thought was very, very rude. It was a lovely little car, a green A30. Now we're getting into reptiles in a big, big way. And those of you who haven't joined us before, at the end of each uh, show, there's an opportunity for um, somebody or one or two people to record an introduction to today's show. So, Russell, do we have some breaking news on the reptile front? We certainly do. Here's uh, Morgan's up first. Breaking news, Killer Croc sighted. We are interrupting this programme to bring you news that a strange mutant crocodile has been sighted in Tewkesbury. Local Tewkesbury citizens have reported this morning that a large, deformed crocodile has been seen roaming the streets and sniffing for meat. Tewkesbury's local police station has yet to be able to capture and contain the crocodile despite using police dogs 
and fresh meat for bait. It is believed that the crocodile has been living in a large cave underneath Tewkesbury's marina. Crocodile experts believe that when the beast was under the marina, it may have been breeding, in which case other crocodiles may be on the loose. Call 999141 if you spot or have any other news on these dastardly reptiles. Wow, wasn't that good, Pi? Pi, still there? Gerald, anyone? Yes. <laughs> wasn't that Gerald good? Is here. He's yes. Gerald, yes. We'll put that him on. Great. Put him on. Anyway, what do you think about that? It was Morgan's breaking news story. How good was that? I thought that was fantastic. It, it was well written, well crafted. It was in the right voice. It sounded excited. And one of the things about uh, what I've noticed, Russell, about radio is that when the children are recording, and we also, have, I think we've got an adult coming up as well, but when we get nervous, we tend to speak quickly. And of course, if on radio you speak too quickly, it's very easy to lose your words and talk rather like this. And and then nobody could quite follow what is going on. And I thought that was very well paced, had a sense of excitement, a sense of urgency, which you need with breaking news, of course. Um, but uh, it, it, it was clear. It came across well. We've got another one, haven't we? We have indeed. This is Bethany. <laughs> Breaking news. Sorry to interrupt this broadcast, but we have just uncovered the mystery of a group of deadly killers. They are a neon crimson, very hard to miss. Local residents have reported deaths near open drains, leaving no blood, only green, acidic, bubbling goo. If one is seen, call 987-287 to report. Thank you for listening. Well done, Bethany. That was another cracker. Absolute cracker. It, it was. And it wasn't that really read well, crystal clear, could hear every word. Nicely written too. some lovely little bits of description in there. These 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 people should be thinking about, you know, when you're older, um, radio will always be there. It will always be important. And uh, and of course, TV is a big world. Maybe this is just the start. It would be fantastic if some of these people ended up uh, moving into radio. Both got lovely, clear voices. But there's more, isn't there, Russ? There is more as well. Now, our first one from a member of staff. Absolutely love this. Had to include this. This is Mrs. Chandler, the giant lizard Rob's staff room. Giant lizard Rob's staff room. Last night, radioblogging.net received first-hand information regarding a shocking breaking at Kingswood Primary School near Wootton under Edge. According to local resident, Mrs Lowbottom, a ravenous scaly lizard was spotted slithering into the school through a hall window which had accidentally been left open. When police investigated, they found nothing had been stolen apart from a decorated Victoria sandwich and a large jar of jammy dodgers. We interviewed a disgruntled teacher at the school who was bawling uncontrollably, and she said, That's some 
delicious cake and those perfectly formed jammy dodgers, which will help the teachers get through a very tedious curriculum planning session. Reptile experts fear that this lizard is piling on the pounds and its hunger for sweet treats may mean that other schools are at risk. Teachers all over Gloucestershire are locking down their staff rooms and are prepared to fight to the death to save the contents of their biscuit barrels. Anyone who catches a glimpse of this crafty lizard is advised to call 001010 immediately. I love that. Absolutely love that. Mm. I was saying, woe betide anyone who grabs all the jammy dodgers from the staff room biscuit barrel. My goodness. I'm worried in case Gerald decides to raid the biscuit yes, barrel. Yes. <laughs> and there was a character in there called Mrs. Lowbottom. Yes. Did you notice that? It was a Mrs. Lowbottom. And it, it, that made me laugh. I thought, that's funny. I wonder if uh, she's actually thinking of, of somebody. So, cracking stuff, breaking news. Is that it for today, Russell, in it, terms of the breaking news? It is the breaking news. We did have a lovely one from Rachel about uh, a moose about the hoose. Now, Rachel can only listen to us... Uh, uh, until 10 o'clock today she has to um uh, has an appointment so i did promise mm. her i'd play this before so this is it's only 53 seconds it won't take long and this is rachel brilliant uh, uh, avid fan of the show and this is her moose about the hoose i spy said pie with my little eye a mouse a mouse inside my house a mouse said i to a bemused pie a mouse you said is it not dead? Pie's reply came with a sigh. No chance of that, it's chewed my hat. Pie paused to think and said with a wink, I'll set a trap and hear it snap. Today we'll find where the pie was kind. And if the moose is still loose about this hoose. That was Gerald, apparently, got, got in on the recording. <laughs> I was wondering how she made that noise. Well, it was very spectacular. A woman of many talents, I have to say. Thank you yes, very much, Rachel. That was just brilliant. Yeah, thank you. Mm. Well, I think, Russell, we ought to move on to the first activity because I know that all the children will be waiting. So one or two of you I know are new and um, we spoke over Twitter and I promised I'd talk you through. So what we do is we make sure at the top where you can see that orange bar, you can see it says today's show. So click on that and then we scroll down and it says activity one and there's a big green some sort of lizardy chameleony thing uh, sitting there. These are cold-blooded creatures. That's why they often sit very, very still, warming themselves in the sunlight. Now, the first padlet, it's called a padlet, says the lizard, create descriptive sentences. So all the children will be familiar with uh, this sort of idea. So what we do is we look in the bottom right-hand corner. There's a pink circle with a cross, uh, a plus mark on it. Click on that and up comes a little window. 
where it says title type type in your name so we can um give you a shout out uh so i've written in pi and i'm now going to write my descriptive sentence so i'm just thinking touch well obviously i've got to look very carefully in order to uh pick out a detail so we've got those spines on the back we've got the blue dot we've got the green we've got the scales we've got those tiny claws we've got the fingers we've got the legs we've got the eye We've got the mouth there. We've got the nostrils. There's a, there's a lot of detail that we could write about. I'm going to definitely go for, I'm going to go for its spikes. I think that would be a challenge. And I have at my disposal to create the picture. I've got my well-chosen adjectives to build the image. I've got my verbs. Got to choose that really carefully. Possibly a touch of alliteration. And I could use a simile in order to build the picture. So here we go. Um, the, um, the emerald spines jut up like, um, jut up like sharks teeth full stop now when you've written your sentence always reread it you're double checking that you've got the best words in the best order and that uh, we haven't done anything silly like repeat words etc but we're also looking for those capital letters full stops the basic spellings and um, i've got a trick that i can teach you now um, because I've written the emerald spines jut up like shark's teeth, and I got that simile. Sometimes you can use the simile, the image, as an adjective. I'll show you what I mean. Instead of going the emerald spines jut up like shark's teeth, I could go the shark-toothed emerald spines. The shark-toothed emerald emerald spines jut up. There we are. Now I'm just making sure I'm rereading. So there's a new thing. The idea is you create the simile. So you say the eye is like a moon. And then you use the simile, the image, as an adjective. It doesn't always work, but sometimes it does. The moon-eyed chameleon glared, something like that. So experiment with it. Um, and when you've written your sentence and you're pleased with it, then click on the Padlet and it will say awaiting approval. And already there will be hundreds up there and David and Ian will be reading them through, double checking. Everything is safe. Everything is checked. Nothing uh, gets past our eagle eye moderators there. And while we're doing this, we usually have a pause for uh, music and shout outs. So everybody get going with your creative uh, descriptive sentences. Russell, what have you got for us now? Uh, music, I'm afraid we're going straight to music and then the shout outs because uh, Charlie Crocodile has been in touch and asked if we could play something from Elton John. We certainly can. It's just coming up to three minutes past ten. You are live with radioblogging.net across the world. Enjoy this one. This is Radioblogging.net, broadcasting live across the planet. 
Ah, lovely, lovely, lovely. Elton John, Crocodile Rock. Well, we had to, didn't we, really? It's just coming up to six minutes past ten, and I'd never thought I'd ever do this. We've had a tweet from Gerald the Mouse. In fact, Gerald has taken to Twitter. If you'd like to follow Gerald the Mouse, he is at the Mouse Gerald. That's at the Mouse Gerald. Of course, having done that, we now get more followers than we have, but still, never mind. That's what it is. Uh, so, Gerald's profile. Let me just read from Gerald's profile on Twitter. I live in a warm and cosy cottage belonging to Pie Corbett. I love to forage in porridge. There's a poem that I think there as well. And tweet from the back room next to the boiler. My goodness. Thank you. So if you want to get on, Gerald has a very nice photograph, Gerald. Not quite how you managed to get that developed and back on there in time is really good. Perhaps uh, perhaps Pi's digital camera has been missing as well. But Gerald the Mouse is on Twitter and thank you so much indeed. And Gerald's first tweet. Morning, Pi Corbett. I'm listening to radio blogging from a lovely, warm and snuggly boiler room. How about that, Pi? Mm. <laughs> I think that's the best reaction. Mm, it's not pleased about that as well. So, oh, this is great. Uh, listeners are now uh, welcoming Gerald. So, Jen says, Morning, Gerald. Sounds ideal. Uh, my goodness, Lucy. Hi, Pi. We love your radio blog. What a perfect way to keep everyone writing during these strange times. Well, strange times. I think we're looking at strange in the rear view mirror there, I have to say, Lucy. However, uh, this is part of the brilliant campaign, the hashtag Britain Get talking um what a great idea just to get people conversing and in conversation whether it's written or across the internet in this kind of fashion here as well some great tweets there ian what messages do you have thanks very much indeed russell i have lots of messages and bethany says thank you for reading my breaking news well thank you bethany for getting in touch really really good beautifully presented as well as certainly a career there as a broadcaster lewis i've got two turtles from stone school that is lewis from stone school uh julia did you name gerald the mouse after the pink floyd song bike hey looking into that julia aren't you this morning have some good thoughts there um enjoying the music enjoying the songs everybody this morning neve back again with my cat loving the show p.s the cat is called pandora Oliver, can't wait for Reptilian Wednesday. Been listening from day one. Lisa, hi, guys and girls. Good morning to you. Dev and Misty say that they've written a post they'd like to share with everyone. And a really good point here to make is if you look at the tag cloud at the bottom of the page, you can see your name or anyone else's name. And you can click on that and you can see the posts that have been written by those people. Uh, Marnie, wow, that was amazing breaking news. I love your descriptive words. There were some fabulous descriptive words in there. Miss Mallon's back again. Thank you very much indeed, Miss Mallon. Uh, Don't forget, you can contact us on the radio blogging contact Padlet, which is at the top of the page where it says contact radioblogging.net. You can click on the Padlet as we know how to do now. Click on the pink little circle in the bottom right-hand corner and add your shout-out. You can also email radioblogging at gmail.com. And if you want to text Russell, it's 07624 802272. You can follow us at Radio Blogging or, of course, you can follow at The Mouse Gerald, who I think probably is going to be overtaking us, as Russell says, by the time this show is finished. Nine minutes past ten now. Russell, back to you. Thanks very much. Pi, what have you got for us next? Well, um, the Padlet has gone absolutely crazy, of course. And um, let's have a look at some of these, some beautiful uh, descriptive sentences. I often think that if you can't write a great sentence, then you're going to really struggle if you're writing anything longer. So getting good at sentences, short, tight, punchy ones, long descriptive ones, sentences of three, moving bits around so you're really cracking at sentences is a great writerly skill. Miss Mallon, 
the bulbous eyes burn like a fiery inferno. David, Michael Williams, the eyes of fire stalk the helpless prey crawling up the beach. Um, what else we've got? May, its teeth are as blunt as a stone. I like that. It's short, it's tight, it's punchy. Um, Oliver, a lizard stared into the distance, watching the fluffy clouds whooshing around. Uh, Lisa, the chameleon's galaxy eyes. I love that. You've said, what are they like? Galaxy, I mean, you've got the chameleon's galaxy eyes were as protruding as a policeman's. Ooh, touch of alliteration, fresh new idea. Robin, the lizard's jeweled mosaic skin glints in the sunlight. Kate C., its clawed fingers splay like a broken umbrella. Absolutely, that is really well observed. Well, because what you're trying to do with similes, with imagery, is you're trying to look at something and say, what else does it look like? What does it remind us of? What is similar to that? And you really have to think hard and open up your mind, let your imagination fish around. You have to forget what the thing is and think about what it might be. It scales, Kobe. It scales are intricate and a perfect emerald green. Anna, who's five, crazy crocodile gets candy. David, who's eight, cunning crocodile crunches candy cane crazily. And lizard, luckily lizard licks lollipops lying on a ladder. Lots of playful ideas there. I'm loving it. Let's go to the second padlet. So if you've not done this before, scroll down. Now, you can see the second padlet there. It says dinosaur boasts. So once again, you click on the pink um, bottom right hand corner up pops um, a little box and then you write your name in there. Now, the idea of a dinosaur boast is these are big, big boasts. These are not any old boasts. These are massive boasts. A dinosaur boast is the biggest boast you could possibly make. So I am going to write I ate three shreddies i ate three shreddies for breakfast before um breaking four's hammer that is a massive boast so what's the biggest boast that anybody can come up with um things like I caught the sun in my right hand and squeezed it so hard that it popped. So really big boasts. Now, those of you who've not done this before, you may be looking at the Padlet thinking, I can see nothing on it. And that's because you need to refresh the page. So go to the very, very top and you can see there it says radio blogging at the top. And to the right of that, there's a semicircle with an arrow on it. You click on that and then scroll down and bingo, you will see hundreds of lizard descriptive sentences suddenly appear. So every now and then refresh your page. And uh, my one has appeared on the dinosaur boast. But now, uh, Russell, people will be whacking up their ideas there as fast as they possibly can. And normally we have another little break here, don't we? Before we go into Brian's first poem, Walking with My Iguana. We do. And I'm so looking forward to that. It's a brilliant poem. It's mm. all quite musically delivered as well, which is really good. Mm. Uh, Gerald's been in touch again, asked if we could play The Nation's Favourite. <laughs> 
Welcome to Radio Blogging, daily shows with interactive activities to keep everyone busy and engaged. Brought to you by Pi Corbett, David Mitchell, Ian Rocky, and Russell Prue. Just listen and blog. It's live, fun, and interactive. And with new educational tasks every day, just head over to radioblogging.net to listen and find out more. I love that. And Gerald DeMaus has now got, I think, at last count, 15 followers. And he is um, he is tweeting every now and then. I'm loving some of these boasts. Um, I made the moon last night extra shiny and special. It was rather extraordinary, too. CJ and Mrs. F, I caught all the planets in my hands and juggled them as if they were scorching coals. I love the way you're choosing your language. Toby, who's six, I ate half a Weetabix and lifted four rhinoceros in the air with only one arm. That is a pretty big boast. Erin, I ran several thousand miles and then ate three pancakes with extra Nutella. I'm with you on that one. Mrs. Little, Ms. Little, I invented electricity because I'm petrified of the dark. Gerald knows no fear, though. He, he, he goes boldly where no man has been before. Folks, we're now getting to the next bit. If you look up, keep your boasts coming, keep the boasts coming. And uh, if you go below that, it says poem response under that padlet. If you click on that, and then we get um, a response padlet, Walking with My Iguana. Now, Brian is going to perform three different uh, poems. And what we do on the response pad is an opportunity for you to put up a comment. What did you like about it? What did you like about the way he performs it? Any particular words or ideas? What did you see in your head? Anything that really pops into your mind. It's like an opportunity to not only say about what it meant to you, but also to give some feedback to the poet. So walking with my iguana is actually, I think I'm right in saying it, no doubt Brian will tweet because I know he's listening in, so he will get in touch. But I think I'm right in saying that this one arose from actually seeing somebody walking down the high street with an iguana on a lead. So, Russell, have we got that one lined up? Walking with my iguana. I'm walking with my iguana. I'm walking with my iguana. When the temperature rises to above 85, my iguana is looking like he's coming alive. So we make it to the beach, my iguana and me. Then he sits on my shoulder as we stroll by the sea. And I'm walking with my iguana. I'm walking with my iguana. Well, if anyone sees us, we're a big surprise. My iguana and me on our daily exercise. Till somebody phones the local police and says I have an alligator tied to a leash. When I'm walking with my iguana, I'm walking with my, 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 my iguana. It's the spines on his back that make him look grim, but he just loves to be tickled under his chin. And I know that my iguana is ready for bed when he puts on his pyjamas 
and lays down his sleepy head. And I'm walking with my iguana. Still walking with my iguana. With my iguana and my piranha and my chihuahua and my chinchilla with my gorilla my caterpillar and I'm walking with my iguana This is radioblogging.net I love the way that Brian performs that. And those of you who've had Brian in school, he prowls up and down through the audience, uh, banging his drums, and everybody's joining in with the chorus. A lovely performance one. In fact, if you go on to YouTube, there are various children of various classes who have done performances of uh, the Iguana poem. Fantastic stuff. So click on the poem response and get your responses up there. We've got a couple more um, of Brian's poems, but now we're going to Comment Corner. And Comment Corner, again, it's another little rectangular orange box. It says Comment Corner. If you click on there, David, talk us through the whole business of Comment Corner and why comments are important on the blogs. Well, yes, good morning, everybody. Um, comments uh, really proved to the children once they've done them they've crafted their work um, it really just shows them that there is a real audience out there and so you know, one of the simple things people can do uh, whether you are um, a child or an adult is to leave comments for other children and other writers as well um, because blogging it's a community you know we've got schools up and down the country hundreds and hundreds and thousands of schools and classes who are doing this and connecting them up together uh, so they can leave comments on each other because it's just that process of validation from someone else. And when somebody else who possibly the child you know, doesn't really know suggests something, an improvement, then it has an impact and they want to make sure these people are pleased. And so they do it. Uh, and from a teacher's point of view, sometimes where the children receive these comments from other people, it actually means more to the children than it does from the teacher because they kind of know what the teacher uh, is thinking a lot of the time and we mark their work a lot. They get to know what we like and what we might not like. So it's just something different for the children. And you'll notice in comment corner, you'll see uh, we've made the graphic, the quality comment graphic uh, high profile there because those are the three rules we want everyone to follow when they are leaving a comment. So number one, say something positive. Number two, ask a question. And number three, suggest an improvement. And you can either number your comments, you can see those, you can number them one, two, three, or you can put them into sentences yourselves like a mini paragraph that's entirely up to you. And the point of comment corner is just to give some shout outs to people that are doing that really well adults and children alike and so we've got we've got a few here and i want to shout out um, you can see a list there of six and i'll just take the first three we've got uh, jenny's comment to ruben is there so well done jenny we really love the way you use that one two three and if people can click on that they can go and have a look at that themselves and reply uh, cj well done you left a comment a really fantastic positive comment to savannah so savannah make sure you go back and check that out you can also reply to cj 
Um, Toby, well done, Toby. A great comment to Annabelle. Uh, we just put there that it was a wonderful, supportive comment, and it challenged Annabelle. So, Annabelle, if you're listening, do find that, click on it, and come back to it, and leave a comment for Toby because he's left a lovely comment. And I think Ian, you've got a few more, haven't you, Ian? Thanks, David. Yes, indeed, I do. So, th- shout out to Carol Allen for her comment to Finley. Really detailed, to offer some lovely advice as well on how amazing this post was. I'm really going to develop the writer's ability. Henry, big shout out to you as well, who's left a reply comment with an even better version of the original post. Well, well done to you. That's a really good way of doing it. And also a shout out to Andrew, who is daddy to Beth and Toby, getting involved with his children's learning. We love that here at Radio Blogging. 24 minutes past 10. David, back to you. Thank you. Yeah. And one thing about uh, the sixth one there about Andrew, who's daddy to Beth and Toby, uh, we do love it when the adults get involved. And as ch- when the children are in school, they also love to have comments from adults as well, which is phenomenal, family members in particular. Um, now, you'll also see just under the graphic at the top, we've got a comment to improve. And Pi, I've written, well, I've taken this comment from one that we received yesterday. Mm. Um, and it says, hello, I like the mouse poem. And that was left to somebody who'd mm. written a mouse poem. And I wonder whether we could have, have a chat through how we could improve that. So we, how we can leave comments that really challenge the author and uh, you know make, make a difference to the author. I wonder if we can talk around that. <clears throat> yeah, it's an interesting one. I, first of all, I like the way this talks to the writer. It says, hello it's addressing the writer i like that and obviously it's positive response i like your mouse poem i think i think we could go further with that because if i was the writer i might be thinking well what was it that you liked about the poem because if i know what it was that created an effect that sort of worked upon you as a reader or a listener then i could add that to my repertoire and say well that that seemed to work i'll keep going with that so i think detail and precision is important what was it that you liked about it so a more uh, effective comment m- might be hello adrian i think it's always good to use the writer's name so hello adrian um i really enjoyed reading your mouse poem or i like the mouse poem especially because i like the way that the rhythm of the poem seemed to sound like the mouse scampering along or whatever it is. So let's try and be detailed and be precise and refer to something in the writing. You thought that was really affected. That worked upon me as a reader. So that, I think, is very, very helpful. And then we could um, raise a question um, uh, so we could be detailed. Um, So we might raise a question and say something along the lines of... um, when you got to the ending, were what were you trying to do with the final verse? So raise some sort of question to speak to the writer, to get the writer thinking, and then maybe make uh, some suggestions for improvement. When I was a teacher, I always used to say to people, when we're talking about each other's writing, if you haven't got some suggestions for improvement, it's no good just saying, I don't like the bit where. If you've got something to say like that, only make a comment and let's phrase it kindly, but only make a comment if you can come up with one or two suggestions. And what I noticed was very, very often, if not always, the young writer would not take the suggestion, but would come up with something for themselves that improved uh, the writing. So ideas for improvement are going to be uh, uh, important or places to improve. For instance, 
this commenter might say, I think the rhythm dropped off in the second verse. Why not take a look at that? So that's pinpointing a place where an improvement might be made. And then we could make a suggestion. So um, it's great to respond like that. Great to respond with enthusiasm. And I can see some of you are getting to know each other uh, and talk to each other, even though you are hundreds, if not thousands of miles away. And that's a lovely thing. But let's work on those comments. So um, if everybody who is listening to the show today, David, if everyone left a comment for um, somebody else, and in order to do that, you go back up to the very top, you click on listeners posts and bingo, there they are. I can see Devon Misty, Dinosaur has been spotted. I spy in the sky by Finley, and that's an in the clouds. I saw one lovely one, Finley, uh, a long slither snake darting in the sky. I love that. Um, so flick down and then if you want to continue reading, it says continue reading and leave a comment. If everybody left a comment, that would be so supportive to everyone else. While we're doing that, I'm thinking, Russell, that we ought to hear Brian's poem, Snake Hotel. The Snake Hotel. An Indian python will welcome you to the Snake Hotel as he finds your keys, he'll maybe inquire if you're feeling well. And he'll say that he hopes you survive the night, that you sleep without screaming, and don't die of fright at the Snake Hotel. There's an anaconda that likes to wander the corridors at night, and a boa that will lower itself onto guests as they search for the light. And if by chance you lie awake and nearby something hisses, I warn you now you're about to be covered with tiny, vipery kisses at the Snake Hotel. And should you hear a chorus of groans coming from the room next door, and the python cracking 
someone's bones. Please don't go out and explore. Just ignore the screams and the strangled yells when you spend a weekend at the Snake Hotel! This is Radioblogging.net, broadcasting live across the planet. Oh, I love that. Yes. I can see Brian pacing up and down. Um, it's almost like each beat is a footstep as he moves along. So interesting stuff, interesting style uh, that is God. I love the way that he uses percussive instruments. It's something we should do more of in school when we're performing poems. Get the percussive instruments out. Get a beat, get a rhythm going uh, to it. Lovely, lovely stuff. And we've got another one coming up in a moment. Now, the big challenge for today, uh, we've got the tablets They're absolutely packed with ideas. I can see that Maria ran 4,000 miles and then swam across 25 oceans in less than an hour. But Maria, I'm going to take you to task, Maria Richards, because instead of writing swam, you have written, I ran 4,000 miles and then swam across 25 oceans in less than an hour. You see, everybody, even teachers make mistakes you have to read your writing carefully and then above it maria's got another one i devoured the entire freezer section in sainsbury's and then the whole of the bakery hmm uh, cj and mrs f i eat all day long and stay as skinny as a rake violet i snap trees like matchsticks i love it henry i ate two waffles before playing football with the moon ah chloe i can blow the sun down with one breath all of my other kinds is George. Fear me as I crush them with my courageous claws. It's just that little courageous claws adds an echo to it. Big boasts. I made the moon last night extra shiny. That was an early one that was up there. Uh, some fantastic ones there. Now, folks, if you go down under comment corner, do leave, um, by the way, do leave a, a message for Brian in response to that poem. We're going to have three, and I'm wondering which is going to be your favourite and why. If you click on the orange rectangle that says, I am afraid of, here is your big challenge. And um, most children do this uh, at some point during the day. Um, the page is there the whole of the day, and then the posts can go up and we can be responding to them. We have a team of responders. Everything is double-checked. Everything is safe. So this is I am afraid of. And I've written a little bit of instruction there. To write this poem, you'll need a collection of reptiles, crocodiles, alligators, lizards, snakes, turtles, tortoises, chameleons, dinosaurs, and dragons, if you wish. And I then put, if you can, try finding amazing reptiles to write about. So when I wrote mine, I did some research. First of all, I found out what a reptile actually was. Then I put into Google um, 
uh, most frightening reptile, something like that, and came up with some amazing pictures of all sorts of snakes and lizards and horrible things. So um, I've got a Komodo dragon. I've got a snapping turtle, a Mexican beaded lizard. Uh, and you'll see there's a contrast. So I start with ones that I would be afraid of and why. And I use some of the information in the in the uh, sentences. And then I've ended with one I'm not afraid of. You could do it the other way around. You could say, I'm not afraid of the um, emerald chameleon. I'm not afraid of, I'm not afraid of, but I am afraid of. And then with one you are afraid of. So you can play around with the pattern and make it your own, of course. I'll read you my one. I'm afraid of the Komodo dragon stalking towards me, its poisonous tongue flickering like a whiplash from Indiana Jones. I'm afraid of the snapping turtle buried unseen in mud, its hooked jaws open ready to seize and squeeze. I'm afraid of the Mexican beaded lizard, its speckled body flexed to lock its funneled teeth into my bare hand. But I'm not afraid of the chameleon, as it balances like a ballet dancer, each foot placed deliberate along a branch, changing colours as easily as a mood swings, changing colours as easily as a dress, its swivelled eye spying. So I'm wondering what you're afraid of. Now, you could do reptiles and lizards, or you could just write a list of things that you are afraid of. This is Jacqueline, who was seven. I'm afraid of heights. When I look down, I might it might make me fall. I'm afraid of stray dogs barking at me and growling. I'm afraid of the dark in my room at night. I can see nothing. I'm afraid of the shadows creeping on the wall towards me. I'm afraid of cranes and spears pointing at me. I'm afraid of gloomy trees. I'm afraid of hands spreading over me and people who stare strangely. I am afraid. So writing down, I've always thought that writing down our fears in some way helps us face our fears, capture them, put them on the page. So that's the big challenge. What are you afraid of? Spend some time, write it in your notebook, perhaps craft the language, read it aloud. And when it's as good as you can possibly get it, then up onto the blog so we can get um, some comments. Before we go to the final uh, extension task, preparing tomorrow, because tomorrow, Russell, is very, very exciting. Tomorrow is um, our Podkin One Ear day, isn't it? And we've got the great Kieran Larwood who wrote Podkin One Ear. Many children will know this story. If you don't know it, then it would make a great bedtime story. It's a cracker to read. It's lovely to be read too, uh, as well for younger children. It's scary, a little bit like The Hobbit, but uh, an easier read probably than The Hobbit. A bit like the old series Red Wall. Um, very exciting stuff, elegantly written. We're really looking forward to that. But before we get to that, have we got some more shout outs, some music? And I think Brian's got one more poem, hasn't he? He has. And I wonder if we just move the shout outs to the end of the show. And okay. actually, if you could just introduce Croc City from Brian now, that would be really good to play that now, Pi. Okay. And again, it's that, it's the rhythmic. Uh, beat that Brian goes for when he travels around he always takes his instruments with him and he often gets the audience joining in with the chorus uh, etc so that you become part of the poem Croc City Croc City
Beneath the streets of New York, there are sewers that stretch for miles. They say the sewers of New York are filled with crocodiles and alligators that frighten folk have just flushed down the pan when the creatures stopped being babies and started snapping at their hands. Croc City, down below where the city sleeps. Croc City, snapping away to a hip-hop beat. Croc City. Pity the poor sewer worker taking his nightly stroll. Thinking about hot coffee at the end of his dark patrol. Out of the slime a snapper raises its ugly head. How fast can you sprint down a sewer pipe when a crocodile wants you dead? Croc City, down below when the city sleeps. Croc City, snapping away to a hip-hop beat. Croc City. NYPD issues advice to those who find a croc. Whatever you do, don't go after it. Don't chase it with a rock. Don't start to think you're Dundee, out to catch a snapper. If he opens his mouth, you can be sure this croc, he ain't no rapper. Croc City, down below when the city sleeps. Croc City, snapping away to a hip-hop beat. Croc City. Croc City, down below when the city sleeps. Croc City, snapping away to a hip-hop beat. Croc City! Yeah. Oh, I just love that. That's fantastic. I love the way you've got not only the percussion, but also the other instruments coming in. That charges along. That's a fantastic one. And if you want to uh, actually get hold of some Brian Moses stuff yourself, then go into the Poetry Archive where you can download um, from from there some of the poems. I think they might charge 99p a track or something like that. Um, so ask your parents. But uh, what what wonderful stuff. What fun we have when we um, talk together. And all sorts of uh, stuff going on on, the, uh, on Twitter in terms of Gerald. Do follow Gerald the Mouse. And uh, we'll be catching up tomorrow with Gerald because I really am wondering whether or not I'm going to strike lucky tonight. I need to liberate him. I think he's a field mouse. I need to liberate him back into the wild. But I know a lot of you are on Gerald's side because you want him uh, raiding the fridge and getting all sorts of lumps of cheddar and goodness knows what. I despair, really. Um, just before we end, <laughs> just before we end, um, ITV. Um, the mental health campaign that um, uh, that Russell mentioned at the very beginning of the program, uh, they are looking for children and families to fill 20, 30 seconds selfie videos. If you can film one of those folks uh, and tweet it after this show and you tweet it to um, at ITV, capital letters, at ITV, hashtag Get Britain Talking. And I think you could say something unique about get Britain talking. We all need to talk to each other, but we need to write because when we write, we can communicate. And on radio blogging, we can communicate around the world through through things like this. We can reach out to each other. We may live in different places. We may look different, but we are all just humans and humans 
need to communicate with other people, need to have our voice heard. We need to come together. And story is one big thing that binds us together. Everybody likes a story. And tomorrow, Kieran Larwood, the great author, used to be a reception teacher, great author of Podkin One Ear, will be reading from Podkin to us. And Russell has done an interview. And the final thing that we're going to talk about now is the extension task. So under the padlets, for those of you who've not done this before, right at the very bottom, there's an orange box that says extension task. And this is the one that leads us into tomorrow's show, because at the bottom of the page, there is a special padlet with a microphone on it. There are instructions as to how you can record your voice. And we will start tomorrow's show with some breaking news. Danger in Grimheart Forest. Now, I've given you an example here, but the ones that um, we've started the shows with so far, what you've done is you've taken my example, but you've played with it. You've added to it. You've enriched it. You've given it your own voice. I've set mine in the world of Podkin because I know the book well. Breaking news. We apologize for interrupting Humbury Street, but we have just received news that the Gorm have been sighted in Grimhart Forest. Rabbits from across the forest were awoken in their warrens during last night by the sound of grinding metal and the steady thump of the leather boots marching overhead. During the day, rabbit sentries have sighted Gorm, distinctive in their rusted armour. The Gorm are in possession of dangerous weapons such as axes, swords and spears. It is feared that the Gorm Lord, Scramashank, is mustering an army to attack all local warrens. It is recommended that rabbits should empty warrens and flee into other areas where they might seek refuge. Do not approach Gorm, as they are highly dangerous. Breaking news, Gorm spotted. So let's have a few more up there. Um, We're not getting a large number of people being brave enough to do this. So fantastic work when you do it. Well done. And we're looking forward to uh, reading some of these. We've had some excellent ones. And Sachin, you put a number up there. Uh, I know you're a great uh, a fan of this. So thank you ever so much. Well, Russell, we've had we've had some pretty extraordinary things uh, today. And um, uh, I'm looking forward to updating you all on Gerald DeMouse and his latest antics tomorrow. And I can see Gerald DeMouse has started putting little gifs and film clips and things up. He's really, really rocking it on uh, on Twitter today. But we're approaching the end of the show, aren't we? We are indeed. I'm sorry, I'm just laughing. At... <laughs> He's really... Gerald's going to need his own spin-off radio show before long, <laughs> I have to say. It's just a, a little one of those memes with him doing a push-up. Sorry. <laughs> it's self-isolating. <laughs> Listeners, I'll retweet that now for you if you're following us on at Radio Blogging. Uh, Pi, an amazing show. Uh, thank you for introducing. You. This is like one of these artists that introduce a character that all of a sudden the character is bigger than them. So watch out, mm-hmm. Pi Corbett. <laughs> Gerald the Mouse is coming. Stunning work, so I have to say. Uh, Ian, what have you got for us? Thanks, Russell. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Daniel's been in touch this morning saying, I absolutely love this show and it's only my second time listening. Well, thank you so much for joining us. George has been in touch. 12th day listening. 12th day. And it's Reptilian Wednesday. It is Ali Little, Lewis, Seth, Sam, Rosie, Sebastian, any others I've missed from Stonewood Woodford. Thank you for the shout outs. All listening there. Daphne 
I don't think I've read Daphne's name out before. Daphne in Tunbridge Wells. This is my first time. There you go. That would be why. My favourite reptile is a snake, but my dad's really scared of them. Well, Daphne, thank you so much. Isla from Tunbridge Wells. Um, has also written on the contact Padlet as well. She says she can't seem to get to record uh, the recording to load. So she's written it down on here and she's written the most beautiful poem on here. Outside the window, an orange horizon spreads across the land. Outside the window, people pass quietly by. Outside the window, shadows of unknown creatures loom in the distance. Outside the window, stray cats walk across the garden wall. Outside the window, the wind whispers through the trees. Outside the window, a sly fox strides across the pavement. Not allowed out, stuck in one place. All you can see is the window view. Outside the window, a lot has changed. Beautifully written. And it has. You're absolutely right. But that is the kind of writing that we are loving. Sachi, good morning. 16-year-old brother is listening today and he's loving it. Erin has been listening since day one. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Dan and Marco, first-time listeners. Russell said we had some first-time listeners. We've had lots of listeners. Toby uh, saying uh, he's six years old. Hello, Pi. Lots of different days, like Lego Day, Craft Day. Today it's picnic day. So we get to have a picnic for lunch in the garden. It might lure Gerald out of your house. And I hope he doesn't <laughs> nibble our sausage rolls. Well, let us know, Toby, because this is becoming cute. This is viral. Let us know how this goes today, would you? Um, Princess has been uh, in touch this morning. Well done, Toby. Thank you very much. Bella and Henry Milburn. We only started listening in yesterday, but we are really enjoying it. Tara says that was amazing. That came actually earlier on after the Muppets song. It still has so much traction. We love that song. Um, we've also got a shout out for Lily as well and for Robin and for Oliver. Neve is loving, loving Gerald's Twitter page. We lo all love Gerald's Twitter page. He's following me now. I've made it in life. Um, <laughs> CJ, good morning to you. Josie, hello to you as well. And Rowan and Annabelle has been in touch as well this morning. So many people have been in touch. It's been another bumper day for shout outs. And with the time coming up to 10 minutes to 11 this morning, it's been another great show. Russell, back to you. Thank you so much, David. Final words from you about recording your audio on the Padlet. We'd like more, wouldn't we? We would indeed. And every day we're getting more. People are getting a bit braver. And we can't underestimate how brave these people are to do that because it's, it does take you know um, some bravery to do that. So we love it when you can. Um, yes, just follow the instructions that are on there. Um, you know, create your post-it note in exactly the same way. Look for those three dots. Select voice. Um, you can, if that doesn't work, you can select video. Just cover up your camera um, because it'll be reviewed first. If we can see you, I won't be able to uh, put that uh, on the Padlet. Um, so you can use that way. And any other problems at all, if if you do have a problem, get in touch with the show. Get your parents to get in touch with the show, radioblogging at gmail.com or through Twitter, and we'll talk you through it. And we'll find a way if you want to submit your audio to get it into the show. It's been a wonderful show today. I've, I've had um, such a laugh today. It's been great. Um, so we're looking forward to having you back tomorrow for a great day. Over to you, Russell. Thank you so much, David. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you to all the team here, to Pi Corbett, Deputy Mitchell, Ian Rocky, and myself, Russell Prue. A uh, final message there as well. We had this lovely message from Alison Peacock. That's Dame Professor Alison Peacock, uh, who wrote to us this morning and said that uh, there is this really interesting, inspiring initiative that's run by at ITV. 
and a chance for you to create some content and upload to them, just use the hashtag BritainGetTalking. Hashtag BritainGetTalking and post those selfies up with those videos about getting conversations going. I hope we've been able to stimulate a little bit of that. I'd like to welcome Gerald the Mouse to our listening audience. Really good to have you with us. He's going from strength to strength. We're back here tomorrow doing it all again. We will package this up and pop it onto the website just as soon as we can so you can relive every magical moment where Gerald was born on the radio show today. You can relive that and go through all the exercises again, all the activities. They're all up there right the way from day one. This is our 13th show, Lucky 13. For some, thank you so much uh, indeed for joining us. We've had a really good show. Catch you tomorrow for 9.30. That's our final show for the week. We're taking Monday and Friday off, so we are off air, but you'll still be able to come to the website and use and listen to everything that we've had there. Thanks very much for listening. Catch you tomorrow at 9.30. Yo, yo, what up? This is Lunch Money Lewis. Hey, I'm John Newman. Hey, what's up? This is Fergie Ferg. Woo! This frequency clear. A children's radio blogging show broadcast into homes and schools across the world. Join Pi Corbett, Russell Prue, Ian Rocky, and David Mitchell live each weekday at 9.30 a.m. Online radio live blogging. This is radioblogging.net. Oh.